Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. My ruins, resurrected. God, this is the end. You can't tell me you can make the dead in me come back to life. Everything turns to ashes, but without the hope of revival. Imagine living with faith in God. I can't get back on my feet. I stumble and fall, but I am too weak to make it on my own. So my only option is surrender. I throw my hands in the air. I give up. I ruin everything I touch. It's foolish to think that God can restore my life. Wait, God can restore my life. It's foolish to think that I ruin everything I touch. I give up. I throw my hands in the air. Surrender is my only option. I'm too weak to make it on my own, so I stumble and fall. But get back on my feet with faith in God. I can't imagine living without the hope of revival. Everything turns to ashes, but you can make the dead in me come back to life. You can't tell me this is the end. God resurrected my ruins. Come on. All right. Again, happy Easter to you. And that is really what we are celebrating. We're celebrating when he reversed what Jesus did, that he is out of the grave. But it's so much more than that, that he reversed that curse. It is death backwards, that he brought death to life. And really, we're actually going to start, and we're going to read in, in Luke 24 here for just a moment, and we're going to look at the first Easter. And so we have Luke 24, verse 1. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. And they found the stone was rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men, clothed in gleaming that gleamed like lightning, stood beside them, and they were frightened. The women bowed down their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is risen. He is not here. Now, that is not just an historical fact. Like, today is Easter, yes. But we're not celebrating just something that happened thousands of years ago. We're celebrating what happened as a result and what is still happening today. Jesus is alive. And if that was it, that would be enough to celebrate. But wait, there's more. Infomercial, here we go. There, there is, there's more to it than that. And honestly, if that's all it was, that would be great. But there is so much more that he paid. He went to the cross, he bled, he died, he paid the price for our sin. But in resurrection, he did so much more. He defeated death and sin. He defeated them. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says it like this. But thank God, he gives us victory. He gives us victory over sin and death through the Lord Jesus Christ. What, the victory that he won, he gave to us. It's for us, each one of us. It's for us. Jesus came to bring life to dead things. That which is dead, he wants to bring life to. It's so much more than just heaven. If all you think that Jesus came for was so that you could go to heaven, you're missing out. 
It's true, but you're missing out. My dad said it this way. He goes, if that's all that it was, he goes, we'd baptize you and just hold you down, just send you to heaven right then and there. I'm like, well, that's kind of awkward. We don't do that here. In fact, our baptism is so shallow. Anyways, but anyways, anyways, definitely. But that's not, that's not all that it is. Jesus said, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. And we really see this, I think a great picture of this in John chapter 11. And Jesus is, is teaching, he's with his disciples, and he gets a letter from one of his, his close friends. And, and really, this is what it says. We're going to read John chapter 11, verse 3. And it says this, so one of the sisters, Lazarus is sick. One of the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, just that part right there, I think, is really amazing. Because I think a lot of us, we wouldn't write it that way. A lot of us would write, the one that really, really loves you, so you should come. The one that prays all the time, the one that's got the Bible memorized, that one loves you. But that's not what she writes, because here's the thing. What God did, he did, not because of what you did or did not do, not because of any mistake you did or didn't make, but because he loves you. That's why he did what he did. And she's right, the one that you love is sick. And in verse four, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the glory. It is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified. And now verse five, this. So then Jesus, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So we get, this, we get the context of all of this, and he says this. So when he heard that Lazarus got sick, he jumped up immediately and took off and went over there. No, no. He stayed where he was two more days. Anybody ever have it where God doesn't do what you think he should? Like, I read that, and I just kind of giggle. You're like, that's not what should come next. Like, is there something missing here? There's not. Like, he's like, yes, I love you and your sister and Lazarus, absolutely. And he's sick, oh, yes, I'm going to stay here for two more days. I just, I just get a kick out of it, and you're like, okay, okay, this is not how I would have written this. But he does. And, and his disciples are kind of wondering about the whole thing, too. And so in verse 11, after he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, and I'm going to wake him up. He's talking to his disciples. And his disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Now, every time I read that verse, I think of any time I've ever spent a night or been with somebody in a hospital. It's like, if they sleep, they will get better. Please do not come in here every 45 minutes to check if I'm still alive. Like, you're, like, like, I'm in a hospital because I need to get better. And I'm like, it's right here. How do they not know that? But anyways, that's just, that's just there, and now, now you know. Okay. Verse 13, Jesus had been speaking of his death. His disciples didn't realize it. So finally, Jesus says in plain English, he says, he is dead. And they're talking about a physical body, like he, he died. This isn't a spiritual death. He's very clear with his disciples, and he says, hey, he's dead. But I'm glad because you're going to, this is going to be great. You're going to get to see what happens. Let's go. He is dead. And now in verse 16, one of his disciples says this. Then Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, well, let's all go. That way we, we may all die with him. 
Anybody ever have like the, the, the you, here's the deal. Sometimes I, you, you look at the disciples and you see the people that are following Jesus and you're like, wow, it must have been amazing. I bet these were amazing men that were with him. And then I look at this guy, Thomas, who he's like, we're going to go pray for him. And Thomas is like, Eeyore, all right, well, let's go die too. Like, okay. He has no context. He doesn't know anything that's going on, but he's doing what he can. And that just really gives me hope that the disciples were not amazing. They didn't have, they were not the cream of the crop. They were not the very best of the best. In fact, the Bible even says that, that he uses the simple to confound the wise. I absolutely love that, that that's how he goes about this. So they go. So they decide that they're going to go. And in John eleven twenty one, Jesus meets Martha. And Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She believed that he could have healed Lazarus, but now he's dead. And not only is he dead, but he's been dead for days. And then she says this, but I know now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day, talking about heaven. She says, I know that that will happen. And then Jesus says this in John eleven twenty five. This is how he answers. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies. He says, I am the resurrection. Jesus did not just come for heaven. Jesus did not come to make bad people good. He came to bring life to dead things, to literally reverse death, like we saw in that video, to take the areas of our life that are dead and bring them back to life. Then bring them back to life. I get really frustrated sometimes because I meet Christians who are like, I know I'm going to heaven, but my life is just, it's just over. It's just, I screwed it up too much. And I'm like, no, that's not true. That's not true at all. In fact, have you ever noticed like in the natural that dead things make the best fertilizer? Like if you've got a garden, what are you doing? You're like mushroom compost, right? Mushrooms are dead, and you're like, yeah, this is great. It's really good stuff, and it's expensive, and you've got to find a place that covers it up so it doesn't have seeds in it, because everything just grows in it, but it's dead. And you take leaves, and you put them in there, and you compost them, because dead things make so much, so much good comes from it. Chickens. Chicken poop. It's great fertilizer. It's crazy, crazy good fertilizer. We had chickens growing up, and we planted, uh, my mom, and planted an orchard, and then we put one of the fruit trees right up by the house. And for some reason, all the chickens decided that's where they would roost. And so every night, there'd be like three or four chickens in this tree. And as a result, every single day, these chickens are poop doing their little business up there, and they're pooping, and it's all around the tree. Well, it did not take long, but I remember specifically like two years later, you look at that tree that was planted at the exact same time as the rest of the orchard, and it is three times the size because those chickens have been fertilizing it. Every night they get up there to roost and drop, and it gets fertilized every night. And I think that is such a picture of what God wants to do in us. That sometimes the things that we think are dead and stinky, and you're like, yeah, they are in areas of our lives that we're like, you know, I, I've kind of 
given up on. God's like, watch what I can do with it. That dead area, you give it to me and I will bring it to life. Like literally, literally that is exactly what he wants to do for us. Jesus said, John 10, 10, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. It is heaven in the future, but it is living for him and living life to the fullest now. Romans 8, 11 says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give you life to your mortal bodies and the same spirit is living within you. He wants to bring dead things to life. He wants to bring it back. And literally, now this word here, I'm going to say it, and you, you probably, it seems like a Christian ease word. But how many of you use the word redeemed this week? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you were redeeming things or like you got, like, I don't know, you went and got some redeemed at the store. Or anybody, nobody. Okay, it's, it's not something we use a lot. But we're going to read Luke chapter 1. In, in verse 68, and this is what redeemed actually means. It means to make the most, make the most of present opportunity. And this is what Jesus did. He says, praise the Lord. This is Luke 1, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. That word redeemed, what does he want to do? He wants to make the most of present opportunity. Make the most of it. We look and so often we're like, this is, this is, just, this is just junk. And I'm, this, this area of my life is just dead. I don't want anybody to see it. I don't want anybody to know about it. And God's like, I want to redeem it. I want to make the most of that. That dead thing, it's fertile ground to him. He's like, watch what I can do with it. So often we want to get it right before we, we even come to God or give an area to God because we're ashamed of it. It's, but, but it's like the person who says, you know, I really want to go to the gym, but I'm just not in shape. That, that, that's why you go, and then you get in shape, and because you're at the gym. But has anybody ever felt, you don't have to raise your hand, I will. It's like, I'm not in good enough shape to go. You're like, oh, that, that's okay. I was talking with a guy one time about church, and, and uh, yeah, surprise, I don't know where the, how it just happened into our conversation, but it did. So we're talking about church, and, and I'm like, where do you go to church, and you should come over here, and, and he's like, he's like, I... I don't like going to church. I go, why do you not like going to church? He's like, in my world, he's like, I'm the boss. He's like, I, people come to me and they ask me questions and I give the answers and I know what's going on and I walk in and people straighten up and they know. And well, He says, I'm the boss. He says, I walk into church and I don't know. He's like, I don't know some of the things that they're talking about. And I'm like, and how are you going to learn if you don't go? He's like, well, yeah, that does make a little bit of sense. And I'm like, yeah, because you're the boss, so go in there and learn. And he's like, oh, okay. But we have that. And, and when we see it in somebody else, it's so easy to recognize. But so often we want to get it right before we give it to God. And God's like, that dead area, that thing that you might be ashamed of, he goes, give it to me and watch what I can do with it. He brings dead things to life. Every area of our life. He doesn't just want you to go to heaven one day. And the Bible says that he knows, and not only has he counted, but he knows he has the hairs on your head numbered. I think he wants to know a little bit about us. Not just counted, but like you go like this and you brush and you're like, oh, and he's like, I know exactly which one that was. And I actually did get one, so he knows which one that was. 
He's like, yep, I know which one that is. He wants a relationship with you. It's not just heaven. If you think, well, I, if I give my life to Christ, and then it's just like, okay, here comes heaven, and then I'm just waiting, waiting for that. You are missing out on what Jesus came to do. He says, I want to redeem that mess that you were in. It might sound corny, but he wants to take that mess and turn it into a message. He really does. And that is what redeeming is. He paid that price, but it's so that we could live free now, so that we could have the hope in him. Romans 8.28 says it this way, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. He says God causes everything to work together for the good. Now, here's what it doesn't mean. It does not mean come to God and just roses suddenly appear everywhere. Like, right, what used to stink, it won't. Everything is just beautiful. No. But he wants to take those dead things, and we surrender those areas to him. He brings life into it. He brings life into it. I heard about a church. I was, I was down in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and heard about a church that was really just dying. And they said that the church was trying to reach a younger generation. He said, but in doing that, the older generation felt like they, did, they no longer belonged. And, and they were leaving. And I just thought, no. Because what I need so much is somebody who's already done what I've done and come out the other side, the mistakes that I've made, the children that I'm trying to raise, they've raised and they're like, hey, there's hope in this. Here's what can happen. I want to find the people who've made the mistakes that I've made and that have come out on the other side. Not that there's not a price that we have to pay and baggage that comes along with it, but that we can, that there's life afterwards and that we can see what comes. We need those people. I need them. I need people that I can look up to. I need that older generation, the older than me, wiser than me, people who've gone through what I've gone through and are like, God is faithful. He was faithful for me. He will be faithful to you. Because Christianity, living for God, it's not just heaven. It's living for him now. It's letting him redeem every area of our life, letting him bring life to the dead areas that we have, things that we thought, oh, I'm just so ashamed and I don't want to tell anybody about it. God's like, no, you bring it into the light and you watch what can happen. Because here's the thing, if we leave something in the dark, does it grow? No. It's only things that we bring into light that will grow. You plant a seed and you leave it in the dark, it's not going anywhere. But you bring it out into the light and now it'll start to grow. And now it'll start to grow. We give these things to God. He wants everything that we have. God has so much for you. And that's one of the reasons why, as Becca was talking earlier about growth track, that we absolutely love that. It's because we believe so much that God has put giftings and talents inside of you. We want to help you to know what they are. Know God. Find out what those giftings and talents are. And then make a difference. Use those in the kingdom of God. Because it's, it's fun doing things you're good at. Who likes to do things you're good at? Raise your hand. The rest of you, you're crazy. What do you like doing? Like, no, it's bad. This is my favorite. I'm horrible. I don't fix cars for a living. I just break them. It's, it's a riot. No, no. No, we, we enjoy doing the things that we're good at. 
But it takes it to a whole nother level when we can use those things to build the kingdom of God. And it is so much fun when we find our purpose and we discover how God has built us and how we can use that to bless the people around us. It is so much fun. And we want to see every single person know what those are, know what those giftings are, and how they can use them, how they can use them to build the kingdom of God, how they can use them. It is so much fun. It's fun doing things I'm good at. But man, when I can do it, I can build the kingdom of God. It is so much better. Everything that we do is so much better when we seek after him with what we have. If there's an area of your life that you've been holding back, that you've been putting in a corner thinking, I don't know about this, God wants that area. And he wants to bring life to it. Jesus, he died. He was dead for three days, but he rose again. And that same power, as we read, is inside of us. And those areas of our life that we think, oh, I don't know what he wants to do with it, he will do, he will bring life to it. He will bring life to whatever area that is. When, when we first got married, um, before we got married, I had looked at porn. And then uh, got married and I was like, well, this is going to be easy. And uh, turns out it wasn't so easy. So it was after I was married, and I ended up coming to Becca, and I'm like, I'm still struggling with this. And she's like, okay, let's work on this. And I'm like, okay, I got this. And then a little after that, guess what? Um, then she's like, you're still struggling, aren't you? And I'm like, yup. And then she catches me. And it's something I hate. Absolutely hate it. I hate that she has to even think about it. I hate that I brought that into our marriage, our relationship. I hate it. I really, really do. And it's something that I would love to just leave dead. It's something I'm super ashamed of. Super ashamed of. I don't like to talk about it. But here's what I know. I know that there is freedom. I know that there is. I know how to get free from it, and I know how to help people to get free from it. It's an area that I would love to never talk about and I would love to bury. But I know that, that you can have a great marriage and it can recover from that. I know that I can't, you can earn trust after that. I know it's something that many, many people deal with. But it's something that you can come out of. And it was a road and we did and we did it together and she stuck by me and she is the greatest thing ever. And honestly, and out of the other side of that and we get through that and I just look at us and I'm like, if we made it through that, we can make it through anything. Like, we've got this. We got this. We, we got this. It's something I would love to leave dead, but here's the thing. If we'll give that over to God, he's like, I'll make the best of it. And it's not like it didn't happen, because it did. And I don't even know what she has to deal with with that. I wish she didn't have to deal with any of it. But, God can bring life to it. And I absolutely love helping guys be like, you absolutely 100% can get free from it. And here's the steps, and here's the scriptures, and here's how you do it, and here's accountability, and here's, here's the steps to do that. Here's the steps to do it. It's something I'm completely ashamed of. But what good would it do if I left it hidden and was like, you know what, I'm not going to do anything with it. I refuse to bring it into light because it kind of hurts, because I'm embarrassed and because I'm ashamed. 
it wouldn't help. But the things that we bring to the light that we give to God, it's when they come in the light that they grow. They grow into everything that God has for us. And that's what he wants to do with every area of our life. There's nothing that you have done or thought that God does not know. It's not hidden. There's no area of your life that's so hidden that he hasn't already seen it. He has seen it, and he loves you just the way you are. But he loves you too much to leave you that way. He wants to give you the tools to move into the life that he has for you. Life on the other side of whatever that issue, that thing that was in your life or that thing that happened to you that seems to just be there, he wants to help you. He wants to give you that life. He wants to bring life to the dead things, to every single area of your life. There's not one that he does not want. He already knows, and he's just waiting for us to give those to him, to give those to him. The Bible says that if we ask for forgiveness, he's faithful and just to forgive us. But it's, some, it's one thing to be forgiven and to know I'm on my way to heaven, and that is great. But it's something, the next thing is to know that, God, I give you everything that I am, and those, those dead things, those hurt areas, I give you those, redeem them. Make the most out of that opportunity that you can. I give it to you, and to give him that and to let him put his life in us. He already knows all about it. He knows about it. He knows our very thoughts. That's scary. He says, I know all of them. He says, and I love you. He says, I love you enough that Jesus went to the cross. And it says this about when he went to the, Christ, the cross. It says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And that joy before him, as I read that and you look in Scripture, I believe with all my heart that Jesus, as God, was able to look at that cross and say, if I go to that cross... If I go to that cross, what will happen is in 2019, in an Easter service, so-and-so is going to be sitting in service, and they're going to surrender their life. For the joy set before him, that he was able to look ahead and to see every decision that would be made, everyone who would choose life and let him come in and bring life to us, and that that was the joy, that he was able to look and to see me and to see you, to see that joy to look and to know that person is going to accept this. And for the joy set before him, he endured that cross. Knowing that we would surrender, that somebody today would surrender an area of their life that they hadn't before. He wants to bring life to dead things. There's a place in California called Death Valley. And it is one of the hottest places in, in, Ameri in North America. It gets super incredibly hot, dry, nothing grows there, vast desert. I think we've got a picture of it here. There's, it's, it's just nothing. There's not a lot. It's nothing there. But in the fall slash winter of 2004, it got a bunch of crazy storms, bunch of crazy storms, lots and lots of rain. And then the same thing in spring of 05 as things happened, and something happened there that they hadn't seen before. See, Death Valley wasn't as dead as everybody thought. They called it a super bloom because they hadn't seen it before, but the right conditions happened and everything that we thought was dead was not dead. There was actually tons and tons of wildflowers and seeds that were all through there just waiting for the right condition to come to life. 
and they did. And they called it a super bloom in 05, and now you can kind of look and they try to predict when they're going to be and the crazy thing that happened to make, to make this there. But what everybody thought was dead was actually just waiting to, be the, to, be, to bring forth beautiful, beautiful life. Beautiful life. And I don't know if that's you this morning. Something that you thought was dead. And God's like, give it to me because I'm waiting to bring forth beautiful, beautiful life with it. Jesus rose from the dead. That same power that raised him from the dead is in us. There's nothing that he cannot do. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes? I want to ask if there's an area, if you're here this morning and you say, you know, there's an area of my life that I need to give to him. I want him, I want God to make alive. Yeah, I may be going to heaven, but this area is dead and I need to just give it to him this morning. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, there's an area, thank you. I want to give to God this morning. Awesome. All right, just put those hands down and I want to pray for those that just lifted their hands. God, this morning, I thank you for those that are bold, God, and just raise their hands and just say, God, they need you. They want you to bring life to an area that has been dead. And we know that you have the power to do it. So in Jesus' name, I thank you for your peace. I thank you for your life entering every one of those that just lifted their hands. That those areas, God, that they would surrender them to you, that they would not keep them in the dark, give them the boldness to bring them forward. God, in their small groups and to the people that God, can come around them and help them to be and do all that you have called them to do. I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.